Hello everybody. Today I'm sitting here with Jan Saar, Head of Digital Construction at the Ministry of Economic Affairs and Communications in Estonia. Today we have another show and a series of short interviews about the Baltic Gate Conference. Hi Jan. Hi Alexander. Nice to have you on the podcast. Thank you very much for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Would you please uh, introduce yourself a bit for our listeners so we so we can learn, you know, who, who we are talking to today. Yeah, as you already said, my title and employer is, is quite a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, in Estonian, we like to use the short term NKM just to shorten the, the, the ministry's name, which is really long. Uh, but yeah, I work there in the um, construction and housing department of the Ministry of Economic Affairs and Communications. And um, I deal with mostly digital topics when it comes to construction. So helping the uh, kind of industry to be more digital. And, uh, and we also, on one hand, I work very closely with the industry, with industry bodies, um, with companies to see how we can, uh, from the government side, kind of create the best uh, opportunities for, uh, for creating a better living environment, which is ultimately our, our motto or vision at the ministry as well. But on the other hand, we also develop software uh, at the ministry. So for example, the building registry, where all building permits in Estonia mm -hmm. go through uh, is under the uh, direct development of, uh, of my ministry and our department. And we are bringing out a lot more new services. Um, so we're expanding kind of our portfolio and we've started a few years developing Uh, the e-construction platform, which brings together services and data related to the built environment. Um, and this includes, of course, the building registry services uh, people are already familiar with, but we are upgrading them uh, into a new IT architecture, uh, improving the user interface, etc. So it's kind of a, a totally new rebuild of uh, building registry services. And alongside, we're bringing in a lot of cool, exciting stuff like uh, the 3D digital twin. Uh, we're adding uh, mm -hmm. BIM models into the process, building information models, etc. So yeah, that's. I was already talking about what I'm doing now. Um, before I came to the ministry, like um, yeah, wow, almost four years ago, uh, I was working in the private sector. So um, this is my first job in public office, but I've always been related to most close to construction. But my education is from business and IT by background, uh, but uh, but always been there linked to the construction industry. And, mm -hmm. and yeah, now I'm at the ministry. May I, may I ask how, how did you start um, getting related to the, let's say, construction um, industry? And then how did you, uh, let's say, got your, your interest in IT and combining that? Well, I would say I've always been you know, close, uh, close to IT and, and kind of a IT nerd <laughs> for ah, okay. my whole life. And, uh, but the construction link came from, uh, from actually our family business. So, uh, my father started, uh, construction supervision business. Um, by the way, he's also not an engineer or construction guy by, by education or background. So he's a business guy but he saw an opportunity to start a business in this field. And I was also working for, for some time in this company, uh, helping 
to build you know the IT systems and to manage the processes and work on larger projects to support the engineers and the construction guys. So so that's where the link came from. And at one point, I was um, invited to uh, to be part of a Swiss startup uh, mm -hmm. company that set up offices here in Estonia. Uh, to run the processes and IT at that company. And this was a really exciting time because uh, the, the company and their business model was, um, <clears throat> was, was kind of revolutionary uh, in the sense of taking, you know, if you think about construction, construction is always thought of as this kind of uh, old industry, uh, stuck in tradition, hmm. not very innovative. You know, you would look, you see that on construction sites every day. A, even in, in today's modern world. Um, but, uh, but on the other hand, we have a lot of innovation happening on, you know, prefabricated timber houses. And this Swiss startup was also um, developing high-tech uh, uh, residential apartment houses uh, in factories. So building timber prefab panels uh, from CLT cross-laminated cross timber. So that probably doesn't mm -hmm. say much to people, but if you think of it like, a really p really solid thick piece of wood mm -hmm. uh, and that is used as kind of the main building element so it's in many cases it's it rivals uh, the structural uh, aspects of even concrete so okay. uh, and you can build really cool stuff out of out of clt so uh, you can go higher and you can go wider than you can with, with traditional maybe wood frame building so yeah this company uh, so they were a startup. They started from scratch, uh, but they had the whole building life cycle under one roof. So essentially, we had the development group who would find a plot of land, something they could develop. Uh, uh, we had our own architects, so we developed the design. Uh, we had our own engineers, you know, all uh, the specialist fields, uh, HVAC, MEP, structural engineers who would do the design together with um, a house factory where we would actually... Uh, produce the elements that would later on be shipped to Switzerland and assembled on site uh, by our own team again. And then we would uh, rent out the apartments or we would sell them, but still offer uh, real estate uh, maintenance or management services. So really an end-to-end -end, um, business model. And it was uh, in many ways um, copied from, from the auto industry, which is very highly developed, of course, very automated. Uh, um, the construction industry looks nothing like that, right? <laughs> uh, but but that's what many of the ideas came from an integrated supply chain uh, supply that we chain. would develop a product. We would not be a project-centric company, but a product-centric company. So all the innovation would go into our um, digital building system, to, uh, so to speak. And of course, everything was digital, starting from the very first idea, how we optimize, develop it, and then uh, how we carry on through using using building information modeling uh, to the factories to to automate some of the machines that were producing the panels later on and on-site assembly using the models and you know we also had modules like bathroom modules and you had to really pack all of the 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 heating ventilation water pipes equipment electricity you would have to modularize it and make it really small and compact so you could transport it yeah. and it would be easy to connect it on site and you could do it real quickly. So that's where I really kind of saw the this potential whole, uh, of, of, of what can, yeah, having, having been in the construction industry for, for some time, uh, 
um, mainly on actually infrastructure projects, seeing how inefficiently most of the time it's it's done, or you know that's how it's always been done. But uh, but having the opportunity to kind of rethink all those processes from scratch and see where the benefit could come from, where how much waste you can eliminate, that really opened my eyes on uh, on you know what we could achieve um, if we go a bit further from a company level into maybe a government level. And in the end, that's what uh, what lured me to the to the ministry as well is the the opportunity to, to take some of these concepts and apply them on a much larger scale. And yeah. that's what really the e-construction platform is about. So it's all about managing the information throughout the building life cycle. So if we in, in the Swiss startup, we could do it uh, in, in one company with our products uh, and we were very uh, a tightly integrated group. Mm. Uh, this is very rare in construction, actually. Uh, usually you have, you know, you have so many different stakeholders. You have the designers, architects all working separately. Suppliers. You have the mm. contractors, suppliers, subcontractors, subcontractors. Mm -hmm. You have the client, you have the maintenance guys, you have the developers. So all of that is a huge mix. And through years and years of development time for one project. Um, and a lot of this information is not managed coherently, not very efficiently. It is sometimes there's, you know, uh, uh, stoppages of, of, of a couple of months or maybe years between, you know, when you finish a design and before you start construction, a lot of information gets lost. So it's really about how to make sure that you don't lose the information. And, and, and when you think about it, you know, all the different stakeholders involved, there's one stakeholder who is always involved in every part of the building life cycle from, you know, the, the, the planning, design, construction uh, to, to handover to demolition. And that's always the the government, either central even, or local Even if government. people, are, when the people are living there, <laughs> even exactly. then, <laughs> you, you always have to get some kind of permit or approval. And yeah. for that, you have to submit, you know, the designs, the drawings. You have to say yeah. what you want to do, how you want to do. Um, and in many ways, this is also managed uh, a bit um, uh, differently for when it comes from uh, goes from uh, municipality to municipality. But in Estonia, we luckily have one building registry where we manage all the building permits um, for, for houses that go through there. And, and we really thought to expand this idea of, you know, we're not looking only at building or usage permits, but really opening up because this is where uh, the information is flowing through. And we should make this information accessible, uh, more machine readable yeah, uh, and, and available to all stakeholders throughout the building life cycle. And that's where the idea for the e-construction platform really emerged. And um, yeah, and this was already back in, in the end of 2018 when we did our first kind of, um, when we put together the vision for the e-construction platform together with the industry actually. So it's it's it's, it's not like my a, idea. It's it's actually a uh, uh, collaborative yeah, effort. Collaborative effort, exactly. That, that's great. Thanks so much for that background. I, I think it's really interesting how you really nicely managed to pick me up from the you know very start, just putting materials together to build a house, to the information and data management, how to represent that, what what has been built, what has to be built, and where, and you know, and now to a national level platform that's supposed to bring those things together in order to 
improve processes, all the processes around it. Is that right? Yeah, that's that's actually very well summarized. <laughs> Great. So um, coming back to the um, conference in any way to to the to the um, G but doing a GIS and spatial data topic. So um, I would I would guess um, of course those uh, building projects, those development um, or those plans um, for 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 the for, first for the areas and, and and where and then of course what what to be built on there, those ideas and plans, scope, um, sketches or so on. So there are probably lots of different type of data formats or data standards used in the industry. How, how is that reconciled? Is that somehow dealt with in the e-construction platform? Yeah, actually, that's a really good question. It's uh, it, it really uh, it boils down to a lot of how you um, how you format the data. So, yeah. and, um, and in construction, you're right. There's a lot of solutions out there, especially when you consider uh, uh, 3D models and, and BIM software. Mm. In, in, in the 2D world, uh, there is a very prevalent standard, which is DWG, which is uh, AutoCAD format, AutoCAD, yeah. uh, which is kind of the uh, industry standard. But in, in the BIM world, Autodesk hasn't yet managed to kind of uh, uh, create a mono monopoly in that sense. They have their solutions, which are very good, but there's a lot of competing solutions uh, mm -hmm. from, from Graphisoft, from uh, from uh, Dassault Systems, from other companies, um, okay. even uh, even uh, more local companies like from Finland. There's a lot of um, uh, there's Tecla, which is a great structural engineering uh, software, one of the best in the world, used all around the world and originated from Finland. Huh. Uh, but uh, but you're right. The, the landscape when it comes to proprietary formats is is very heavy with different uh, kind of stuff. But luckily, we have an open format for um, for building information, mm -hmm. uh, which is called IFC. And this is managed by by uh, Building Smart, an international entity um, that developed this standard already years and years ago, and it has become uh, one of the industry standards. And IFC is an open standard, so all of these you know software packages from different uh, commercial providers they usually offer an uh, option to export to IFC, and you can use that as an interchange format. And all of our government systems, we are building solely on open formats. So we don't want to support any proprietary formats because that leads to a lot of issues and problems. Mm -hmm. uh, so we are totally on board the uh, open format train. Uh, and in, uh, in, in construction's case, that's, uh, that means we're using IFC. But uh, as you already mentioned, you know, um, uh, geospatial information yeah. is heavily linked to construction information. If construction is is more kind of localized to one yeah. area, yeah, uh, there's never a building you know hovering in space or in the air. It's yeah. always connected to the ground somehow, yeah. uh, linked to other uh, geospatial uh, entities' information. And, and this is really where I see kind of uh, we we are at the point of uh, emergence between. The GIS and the BIM world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and some of the developments we're involved with, uh, especially the National Digital Twin, which is 
actually taking really all the GIS information, and but we're looking at it from the perspective of uh, of the construction industry. Yeah, very good. And uh, and then in 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 for the national uh, digital twin. Uh, the free digital twin we're using uh, city GML, which is uh, okay. probably a more familiar open format to you guys uh, in yeah. the GIS world. Yeah, uh, which is kind of similar to what IFC is is for construction. Okay. Uh, and and we're relying a lot of on city GML to to build the semantics and the and the data models behind the digital twin, and we're using uh, uh, for the uh, cesium as the visualization platform. Ah, for, indeed. For the okay. Twin. Another probably a very familiar tool to you guys. Um, and uh, speaking of the National Digital Twin, I'm gonna yeah, that's one of the topics I'll cover during uh, my presentation at the conference, uh, which I can I can show you as well some uh -huh. pictures and and maybe some videos uh, if I have time. But mm -hmm. this National Digital Twin is already uh, public. It's already out there since last year. You can go and check it out. So we bring together a lot of. Uh, different information layers. We have a buildings layer. We have two buildings layers, actually. We have um, uh, 3D buildings, which are uh, from the land board. So yeah. luckily, the land board is now also producing 3D data. So we yeah. really started a good collaboration with them. And, and back when we, when we started with, uh, with the idea that you know we need a 3D map of Estonia, because mm -hmm. we need to place 3D buildings somewhere in 3D space. Yeah. Um, back then, they didn't have any any three D data. They were just kind of experimenting a little bit. But we said, you know, we we need this stuff, uh, and we have to have it, and and we're going to develop it anyway. But uh, I think the best way to do it is collaboratively, and so that's why uh, why the National Land Board or MOMET uh, really mm -hmm. got on board with us, and they were really eager uh, to to help us, and and really really supportive because we were kind of, you know, one of the first clients to say that, you know, we need 3D data, 2D is not enough anymore. Yeah. So we have the buildings and, and um, uh, the, uh, the topography generated from, uh, from LIDAR data collected by the National Land Board. The and they provide the, um, provide the uh, models in CDGML format for us, which is yeah. great. So we use that to interchange in the future i hope we will have some uh, some more kind of more online services for that and yeah. uh, i know the national land board is developing those or hoping to develop them in the next few years uh, through this geo 3d project and mm -hmm. um, this is what we have um, which is a really nice detailed layer already which shows you the roof shapes etc but we also have another more simple 3d layer for buildings uh, we, we differentiate, we call the uh, simple one LOD1 and the more complex one LOD2. Yeah. But, you know, I don't want to go into the discussion about what, what LOD1 and 2 actually mean. But the more simple model we have is generated from the building registry data. So we have the ground footprint of all buildings, which you have to uh, enter into the system whenever you want to uh, apply for a building permit. And you have to specify the height of the building. Very simple information, but based on this, we can generate a 3D model. It's not the most accurate one, but it gives you kind of, it gives you, uh, in most cases, 90% accuracy of the spatial dimension of a building because buildings are not that unique, you know. Uh, but the good, 
but the great thing about this um, uh, more simple data set is because uh, when we talk about the land board data set, this gets updated, as you guys probably know, every one or two years when they fly the planes over Estonia, mm. and they do the LIDAR scanning, and that's a really expensive and a long process. So you can expect, you know, an update in any corner of Estonia in like two years. Mm. But with the building registry data, that is an online database, and we have an automatic system that generates 3D models as soon as, you know, a building permit is issued. So immediately, if somebody has applied for a building permit, they've gotten the first approval, it appears in the digital twin. And we separate yeah. them by color, you can filter them. Uh, once they start construction, uh, the status changes, we can show, uh, show it in a different color. And you know this gives you a more uh, uh, real-time overview of the kind of digital twin, uh, because you can see you know, what's happening, uh, going to happen, in the, in the neighborhood, what's planned. Yeah. Yeah. And we want to extend that also to, at the moment, we're, we, we, the earliest point we can show something is when a building permit has been approved. When you're really in a hurry, you might start doing something before you get the permit, Yeah, which is not really that smart, but people do that. Um, but that's not the point. What we want to do is we want to extend that even further uh, into kind of the, the future uh, by, uh, by going into the planning permits. So before you get a construction permit or a building permit, you have to get um, a, a detail plan approved. And according to that detail plan or zoning, you can see already what kind of uh, limitations there are for developing any, any areas. So we want to bring that also to the digital twin and already uh, in, in 3D form somehow. But that's, of course, a lot more complicated because when we're talking about a building permit, you already have a very kind of a specific thing in, in mind that you're yeah. going to construct. With a yeah. planning permit or a zoning permit, you have you know a lot more flexibility. So uh -huh. you have usually a percentage of the land that you can develop, uh, how high you can go, but you cannot you know specify how it's really going to look. And, and there you have the risk of, of, uh, of communicating something that's not actually what's, mm -hmm. what's going to be there. And, and people might misunderstand it. And, and we've had, you know, public cases, uh, quite public cases. More recent one was with the extension of the um, uh, Estonian Opera House, I think, mm -hmm. it was, or, or the concert hall. Mm -hmm. uh, and there where they kind of showed, you know, a big box behind the main building and then that confused a lot of people like whoa what's going on here but essentially they were just showing you know the volume of what they want to construct but uh -huh. yeah that, that that that's something we still have to figure out how to kind of visualize and communicate that in a in a way that people really understand but wow. yeah this digital twin is, is is really a cool uh tool we're using a lot of the landboard layers uh, we're showing uh, the cultural heritage uh, mm -hmm. sites, uh, mm -hmm. so you can limit, get limitations on that. We, we show uh, some environmental restrictions, uh, utility networks, etc. So if you have any point on the 3D map you click, you see immediately what kind of um, limits you, ha you have to take into account. And, yeah. and in 3D, you can already kind of look into, do shadow analysis, you can look at the views, and mm -hmm. we we are now launching a new feature to the digital twin 
which which took us a bit more time to to kind of finalize or fine tune is where you can upload your own IFC there, your own model. So you can view it in the digital twin on a 3D map. And you can then with the click of a button, just share that link to anybody. So wow. I really see this as a as a, a really big benefit um, to to you know all kinds of architectural competitions yeah, or yeah. whatever architects uh, yeah. they can already show this to everybody in in 3D in 3D context and uh, and make it you know easily available so everything is running in a browser just like you know every modern thing should and you don't need any extra software you don't need to download anything you just go to the link and you boom you see it could you just shortly elaborate on um you mentioned a the building registry and the e-construction platform. They're two different things, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and what, yeah. one sec. And then we have building permits and planning permits. They're different things as well? Yes. Okay. Could, could you just quickly put these couple of things uh, in, in context? Maybe, I don't know, in temporal order or who does what or... Okay. So when it comes to planning, then this is uh, under uh, the management of uh, Ministry of Finance, actually, mm -hmm. uh, department uh, in the Ministry of Finance, and they manage, you know, how the the legal aspects of how you submit the planning uh, permits uh, mm -hmm. applications, uh, how it how they have to be processed. You know, there's a there's a long process of uh, making them public, uh, having yeah. people an opportunity to to speak out, to comment, to, to give feedback. Ah, okay, those are the planning. Okay, those are yeah. the planning permits. Okay, okay, I got so, those. So, yeah. so, so these are the planning permits, and there's uh, currently there's no central system for managing this process. Every okay. municipality just has to follow uh, follow regulation. Mm -hmm. They can do it, you know, either uh, on paper or many mm -hmm. of them already have. You know, Tallinn has their own information system, uh, planning permit system, where they run this process. Now, when you want to build something, uh, you need a building permit. Uh, the building permit, uh, the first kind of restrictions you have whenever you want to build something, you always look at the planning permit. What is in the zoning requirements, whether it's residential area, whether it's business area, how much of the land you can develop, etc. So that's where we get uh, kind of the first initial requirements. And to create them, um, uh, the the mm, building uh, application or the building permit application, uh, you go to the building registry. Now this is a central system for whole yeah. of Estonia. Yeah. And this has been uh, in place since 2016. It's fully digital. Okay. Uh, not many countries have a fully digital building permitting system like we do, uh, especially a central one which is managed by uh, the ministry, but all the municipalities are using it because the process itself is managed by all municipalities themselves. It goes through the process, you get a digital building permit and you're on your way, you can start. All and right. and that's, the, that's the building registry. And in addition to building permits, there's other permits as well. There's uh, the start of uh, construction notice, for example. Uh, there's the uh, usage permit, let's put it simply, or the certificate of approval if you want to be more complicated uh, is when you finish a building and you say okay i'm ready i want to start using it then you need another permit oh, okay uh, and that that also goes through the same system 
Yeah. And there's other other uh, stuff also involved there. Mm. But uh, now when we come to the e-construction platform, yeah, yeah, then this platform now has um, uh, it kind of brings together these services. All right. And it's not uh, it's not a big information system per se. Okay. It's actually a set of rules between different systems, different services. So what we're doing with the building registry is we're we're breaking it up. Uh, it used to be this large behemoth Java monolith application, which was uh, a nightmare to manage. Uh -huh. uh, we're breaking up all these different services. For example, you have the build, building permit system. You have the process um, management, where all which takes care of the process itself. Uh, you have the construction notice service. Uh, you have, you know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You have a lot of services there, and they're going to be more or less independent, and they're going to communicate with each other through APIs. And that's really where the platform comes into play because the platform gives you the framework of how you should set up your API mm -hmm. so you can communicate with different services, mm. how to publish your API. And then we're not talking only about the building registry service, but we have we are developing uh, other services, like I already mentioned, the, the digital twin services, because yeah. that's not really doesn't fit under the yeah uh, building building registry kind of name mm -hmm. uh, it's it's something a bit different something more and we but have, it can pull in all those services and the data exactly exactly so so we are using the uh, 3d digital twin to visualize a lot of the data and we have a 2d map also in the building registry yeah but the 3d map is kind of yeah the 3d digital twin but it's more than just a map it, has more functions it features yeah. and, and something yeah. we can develop future but that's again a separate service but it's on the same platform so yeah. we're using the same it architecture itself is nothing more but a set of agreements and now that we have we we've started with the building register services we're adding your digital twin uh, there's the utility network database uh, yeah. along with its services that we're adding also uh, that will be made public this year uh, you know, the BIM-based building permits that I mentioned, uh, those are, again, there's an additional BIM module with its own services. And we want to pull in um, the planning permits also on this mm. platform. Yeah. Uh, many of them are already. Uh, but with this new platform and this new architecture, it makes it so much more flexible to really uh, uh, put into place more links between different systems, different services. Yeah and to really make it uh, easier for the end user because a lot of it can be automated and should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, I mean, you, you, it is really, I mean, we're running also a bit out of time. I, I'm looking on the clock that I make sure I get all the questions out of you <laughs> that <laughs> within the time. Um, but you have really a nice way of um, answering all my questions without me asking them. We touched interoperability that um, you use open um, standards like IFC. You try to integrate um, you know, those uh, visualization things with CityGML. Um, that is, I think, really helpful for, for, for people to look also um, into that digital twin. Let, let me ask you a question. This digital twin system that, that you are building, um, you mentioned you're basically uh, rendering it with, with cesium. Um, mm -hmm. One of the biggest challenges we had when we uh, 
started developing the um, the 3D digital twin and we wanted to put actual BIM models into the digital twin, uh, we realized that, you know, not a lot of architects are used to working in geo coordinates. And that's yeah. where the difference comes between the BIM and the GIS world. In, in the BIM world, you always set your local coordinate 000, and you work from there. Yeah. You don't care where it actually is. And in my view, that's that's kind of insane because no building is you know hovering in, in infinite space. Although yeah. in the design software, that's exactly what's happening. They're yeah, designing you have it just in the infinite space. Your box. Mm -hmm. No, they don't even have the they don't even have the box. It's just uh, yeah. infinite space. Yeah, yeah. X, Y, and Z to infinity. Yeah. And and that's how a lot of the architecture and, and design work is being done. And we said, okay, but we need a standard of how we put the LS coordinate into the model. And you have to define it always in a standardized way. So yeah. we have a way of reading the model and placing it correctly on the map. And surprisingly, that was a lot of work to figure I, it out. I totally, I totally believe you. And um, I think students here also in our um, urban GIS uh, courses, um, when they do the planning module and they get involved with the actual planning decisions, um, they or we also um, know that there's this discrepancy a little bit between CAD and, and BIM and NGS, but we also acknowledge that in the last years, um, those things have come closer together, right? How would you, um, maybe from your feeling, the, this industry, or let's say this, this domain, BIM and, and geospatial, how had that been changed in the last five or 10, maybe rather even five years, probably was a lot of change already. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, the change is happening on, on, on the perception level that more and more um, GIS people are realizing, well, we have a lot of detailed construction data that we can use. We're very specific that we really haven't thought of uh, and how we link that to maps and the, to the general uh, GIS space. Mm -hmm. And on the other side, you have the building industry, the construction industry also looking at, you know, since they are mostly now designing, especially the top firms, uh, all in 3D. And, and, and more and more, it's getting linked to, you know, you know, how, how I link to utility networks, what are the roads? And what are the surrounding environments? And, you know, why must I always create this for every project individually because in the digital twin i forgot to mention uh one of the first features we created uh or that we wanted was we want to download any part of estonia in 3d and you can do that now you can go on the map you can drag any part of estonia you can get all the buildings uh the the, the mm, surface layers all in different forum formats city gml uh ifc and you can straight start using those in your design software. And, and more and more of these kind of convergences are happening. And you know, on, the, on, the, on a global level, I think, uh, you know, you look at the uh, collaboration uh, that is happening between Autodesk and Esri, which I think are the two biggest names, you know, yeah. one in construction and one in GIS. Mm. And, and, and they're, heavily collaborating and looking at how to make their software more interoperable. So it's, it's definitely kind of, it's, it's converging. 
But now there's more open formats, uh, there's more software solutions, you know, like we have on the government level, the digital twin, uh, we're combining with, with building permits and, and the BIM-based building permits we, we're implementing. Uh, again, you have uh, your model of the house, but to kind of uh, understand how the house fits into the environment, you need the surrounding environment also in 3D. Mm -hmm. So that's where the digital mm -hmm. twin comes into play. So we take the, the BIM model and in the BIM-based building permit process, we put it into the digital twin and everybody who's going to then analyze and process this uh, permit application will be able to view uh, the, the 3D model of the building in the context of the digital twin uh, and get a lot more uh, information out of that uh, to make in the end, and this is the most important part, to make better decisions. So that's <laughs> ultimately what we're doing, why we are doing this, why we're digitizing, why we're making it more visual is so that we can make better decisions when it comes to planning or changing our, uh, our environment. Yeah, excellent. Totally appreciate you looking across the, the ditch, really making sure that those words come together. And of course, ultimately, what we also do in NJS is to support decision making. We have a really cool fun question. I know that you have answered that already also in, in our survey, but I really want to ask you here again. Um, our fun question is, which place do you like most or would ever wanted to visit or which place on earth would you recommend? If you uh, kind of, I wish I could, uh, without any restrictions, I think it would be really cool to go to Antarctica. <laughs> it's one of the most remote uh, places on Earth, uh, and uh, and and really something different. I mean, you don't get to go there yeah. that yeah. easily. Well, maybe maybe I'll go there someday. Hopefully. <laughs> cool. Thanks so much. And uh, yeah, this concludes our podcast. And um, I hope that was, again, very interesting. And like always, uh, like, share, and subscribe. And um, with that, bye, Jan. Thanks for having me. Bye.